it well, was my idea to include the cereal. Anyways, in <laughs> Thomas is on a crusade to have cereal. Featured. I eat so much cereal that eventually every CT indie band is going to be writing about it. Yeah, it's real. This song has wordplay. Oh fuck! I love it when you break character and cast a smile from far behind the shoulders of a dozen kinds. Cursing and monogamy, the dramatic irony. I love it when you break character. I love it when you break character. The silence in Hello and welcome to another CT vs. Audio interview. This episode, I'm talking with Sargasso, the band from New Haven, but also kind of from all over, and that's something that we will be getting into in this episode. The song you heard in the intro is Beesh, and that is a song from the band's new album, As It Services to Meet Me. I'll say this with no exaggeration and no hyperbole, As It Services to Meet Me is just an incredible record. I loved it from the moment I first heard it, and I've been spinning it pretty much every day since. It's instantly great, but it also rewards repeat listens as you kind of explore the harmonies, the clever chord changes, and the vivid lyricism that's all going on on that album. When I recorded this interview with Sargasso, it was a few weeks before the album came out, so you'll hear us referring to it sometimes in the future tense, Uh, but it's out now, so you should listen to it right now, anywhere you normally get your music. In our conversation, we'll talk about that record, how it was made, the glory of a good smoothie, and why you should try listening to their music at double speed. Okay, here it is, our interview with Sargasso. Joining us today is the band Sargasso. How's it going, Sargasso? Hey, hello. And the four of us, uh, four of y'all, I should say, um, can I get you to go around and say your name so that way the, the audience knows who you are? Hi, I'm Soledad. I'm Maria. I'm Noah. And I'm Thomas. Cool. Thank y'all so much for being here. How's it going? Good. Good. Yeah, we're good. We're together for the first time in a very long time right now. So that's really nice. Is this your first time meeting since the pandemic times or have you been able to meet since then? Since, um, since last summer is the, it's the first time the four of us have been together in about a year. Wow. Did you yeah. learn anything new about each other? Did like did Thomas come back with like a like a cool like haircut that you were surprised about? <laughs> He's acquired some really really stunning tie dye shirts yeah. since we last met. <laughs> He's become a deadhead in the intervening year. <laughs> I'm so sorry to hear that. <laughs> but in terms of like, uh, it sounds like y'all are going to be back in in Connecticut starting this fall, right? So you're already kind of touching back at Sargasso HQ? Well, we're kind of all over the place now because we were all in Connecticut last year. 
right. I guess, when we were still in school. But now I'm the only one left. Yeah, we're oh. kind of spread spread out up and down the East Coast at this point. Um, so Adad and I are in New York, and Thomas is in Philadelphia, and Maria is in New Haven. So okay. we don't really have an HQ right now, but we're going to yeah. see how it goes. I've made yes, a couple of visits to New Haven and Soledad also, like within the last year, like since we moved out and hopefully can keep making that happen. Keep going to see Maria in New Haven, mm. possibly find some places to play in Connecticut in the next year, but we're still working it out. Yeah, gotcha. And it doesn't surprise me too much to hear that you all already centralized because I know that you come all from like different parts of uh of the world right like that you met kind of in new haven is that right yes cool okay i want to ask about that but i am also kind of neurotic and i always ask everybody the first question at these podcasts and i don't want to skip that so i want to get to that first and then we'll talk about the origin story for sargasso Uh, so the first question maybe the most important uh is what is your favorite place in connecticut and it doesn't have to be music related although it can be if you want it to be but what space for each of you calls to your heart and the great state of Connecticut. I have my Mm. answer. Wow. All right. You go first. Well, I spent a lot of time biking around New Haven. And I think my favorite place, I have it. I sent it to myself on WhatsApp, the pin location, because I don't know where it is. But it's the back of some house (laughs) near a lake where there's a fallen tree. And you can like walk through the log and sit like in the middle of the lake. And then once you get out of that kind of neighborhood, you bike a little bit more and suddenly you're on top of these rock and I've biked there many times before and it's been one of my favorite places to go to and I want to take people there as soon as we get our bikes oh yeah you gotta get these bikes so that's my favorite spot I will go there during the pandemic a lot so so it's behind somebody's house near a lake and there's a (laughs) I don't think it's private I think I can go there but I don't know. If America. anyone is listening to this and you know that this is your house, you can contact us <laughs> if you have a venue available for booking behind your house anywhere in the vicinity of the lake. Yeah, and the tree. The log. Okay, yeah why don't we have, there should be an outdoor venue that's like live at the log. I'm like that. <laughs> at the yeah. log. I know. I'll make it happen. <laughs> All right. So that was Maria's. So uh, who's next? Yeah. I don't know. I guess... I have a lot of family in Connecticut, too, so I could go with one of those. But I think I'll stick with New Haven and I'll say a pretty obvious answer. But I love Lighthouse Point Park. I just have a lot of nice memories there and um, of picnics, of swimming. It was just pretty easily accessible nature from campus. So it has a special, special place in my heart. So Soledad, you said like that that would be like an obvious answer. I don't think it's actually that obvious because only one other person that I've interviewed has ever said the uh, Lighthouse Point Park. And mm-hmm. So, you know, so it's maybe more of a hidden gem that I think that people, that people realize. Yeah. Um, you just got to right. go after so you don't have to pay for parking or walk in. That's, <laughs> that's the tip. <laughs> one time Maria and I walked in while the sun was rising. Yeah. Thomas was wearing a suit. <laughs> there was like nobody there. When was that? that sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Try to imagine the circumstances. During quarantine. Yeah, it was during quarantine. We watched like like what was what were we watching all night? We just didn't sleep that night and then we went Why to- were you wearing a suit though? <laughs> I was wearing all fancy spring clothes. Fling. It was spring fling day. Yeah, it was spring fling day. We decided to dress up and spend all night watching TV and then go to Lighthouse Park. Yeah, wow. that sounds like a great music video. Like wearing suits as the sun rises by Lighthouse, Lighthouse Point. 
Yeah. I think we did. I There's think a we video filmed. of it. There's a video oh. of, oh, no, that's I what you're saying. Oh, yeah. I think, no. Was well, that at sunrise, sunset? We filmed a music video at Lighthouse Point at sunset one time. <laughs> Snow and sun. Which video? The Snow and sun music video. That was at Lighthouse Point. Yeah, part of it oh. is, takes place at Lighthouse yeah. Point. Okay, nice. Our first music video. I mean, we can make a comeback. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would say my favorite place is College Woods in East Rock Park. Uh, Maria and I once watched Fourth of July fireworks there, also. Ooh, and I like nice to walk there. there when there's snow too, and there's snow by the creek and the river. Thank you, Thomas. And all right, Noah. I love um, Lake Lake Wintergreen. That's what it's called, right? Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, that's a, when I was living in New Haven. I guess this was before the pandemic, but I wasn't in school. I was, we were all there that summer, right? Yeah, yeah. we were there. You guys were there. I was there. But yeah, when I had like more time just to kind of exist in the city, that was like where we started going a lot. And it's a really beautiful locale. And it's, you know, a little, yeah. Yeah, everyone who didn't grow up in Connecticut, but then goes to Connecticut for college should definitely try hanging out in Connecticut like, not while they're in college, like actively, sure. like busy with college, because it's way, way better. <laughs> and then everyone from college is away, which is so better. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I was I was going to say, like, I, I don't want to I, I don't want to say that I'm glad whenever college is out, because that's that seems like very mean to say. But like it does feel different. It feels kind of empty sometimes, like in certain parts of New Haven. And that's really kind of fun to just kind of like walk around and there's nobody around. It's just, I don't know. I like it, but I'm just kind of a shy person. I don't know. I can say it for you. It feels better. It's better. Yeah. I thought it was better when college was out. Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, so it's interesting that all four of you gave me outdoor responses. Like, mm-hmm. uh, would you consider Sargasso to be like an outdoor band? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't know. What? I think if you had, I, I think if we had to be classified either as outdoor or indoor, I think we'd be outdoor. Most likely, outdoor. yeah. We also like we like the indoors. Like I think I can I'm say that sometimes. each of us also enjoys being inside sometimes. <laughs> but overall, I think we're more outdoor than indoor. Right now, gotcha. we're speaking from a very outdoorsy place. Yeah, we're at a screened-in. We're in a screened-in porch. Screened porch right now. What's it Screen called? porch. It's. <laughs> It's very tenuous, like, is it indoor or outdoor? outdoor? These are the questions we're asking. We've played one, no, we played two outdoor concerts. One was at the farm and one one was inside of a college dorm courtyard, but it was raining. Pouring rain. The one at the farm, that was nice. No, we played three. We also played it at your... um... Oh, yeah, at my my house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was kind of outdoors, too. Anyway, this is neither here nor there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, we're talking about liminal spaces, you know, like... Exactly. spots between indoors and outdoors and I feel like that that fits the band in terms of at least your sound because I feel like if I'm trying to describe your sound to somebody else like I don't want to say like quote-unquote indie rock because I feel like that's not really what it is and I don't want to say that it's like synthy because it's not completely synthy either like it exists kind of between these different genres and different kind of um styles um so uh the second question that I have uh that I give everybody is also another very easy to lay up um you can answer as a band or individually if you like. So the second question is having a big ego, a negative trait or a positive trait? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's thinker. How, how big? <laughs> no, negative. It's negative. Okay. Maria's yeah. still thinking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm thinking about like 
I'm going really psych. <laughs> Have with the id? No, I don't know. I think it's negative. Okay. Yeah. Are there any circumstances where it would be a positive thing to have a, a big ego. No, I think the positive big egoness <sighs> is translated into like self awareness, but then it's not big ego anymore. Or confidence, I would say, is like the flip side that I can see of that. But I think that maybe that's kind of separate from having a big ego. Yeah, I think the bad thing about big ego, like what I imagine when I see big ego, is like it's blinding, and that's the bad thing about it. Yeah, so I don't see any good. And I think in the context of our band, our, um, you know, happiness as a band and, uh, you know, ability to work together is really contingent on none of us having big egos. Yeah, I like that. Um, But also I feel like, you know, there has to be at least some ego there in order to make music first place, right? Mm -hmm. To have that, at least that confidence to feel like I'm making something and I'm at least proud of it enough that I want to share Right. But you're, you're absolutely right that like it can go a little bit too far. And then it's like, then it messes up the, the recipe and everything screwed up. Um, yeah. Okay. But overall, it sounds like we're kind of like ego is kind of uh, more of yeah, a negative than a positive. Mm-hmm. But everyone has an ego. And yeah. I mean, yeah. As long as you weren't like, <laughs> no, like ego is bad because it should all be it, you know, like. <laughs> yeah. No. Like, I um, think. If, it's, if you go for the selfishness route, I think selfishness is not even entirely bad. But anyways, that is, that is a different conversation. <laughs> so, uh, okay. So those two questions kind of interrupted us from where we were originally going, which was like talking about how um, we're all kind of from different spaces. And um, one of us is in Philly, two of us are in New York, and one of us is in Connecticut. And uh, to me, that sounds like a Connecticut band to me. Uh, (laughs) That's kind of of how most Connecticut bands are, right? We either go to Philly, we go to New York, uh, or we stay, or we kind of oscillate between. Um, So with that being said, like, how does it feel to kind of be a little bit decentralized like that? Like, is that a hard thing? Or is it something that was natural for the band? It's hard. It's definitely hard. Um, Yeah. I mean, at this point, it's where I think we're more used to it because it's been like a year and a half of this, Mm -hmm. basically, since the pandemic started. We've been mostly not in the same place and like, We've actually been able to work a lot together, probably a lot more than a lot of other bands were, Um, but definitely had to adapt to like getting used to like doing kind of marathon sessions when we would like all meet up together rather than like doing like one session once a week, which is more like how we've been going for the last few years. Um, And also like having to figure out how to do, I mean, most of this album was made remotely so like most of it was recorded when we were together and then everything for the past year like finishing it up you know mixing it re-recording things like talking about it figuring all the promotion and and you know all of the planning out all of that was done remotely so um I think we're more used to it now than we were before the pandemic but it's still definitely a huge bummer we we also had to deal with it before though like even the first time we were recording for the inlets ep like we recorded it quickly together in connecticut but then we all went to different places for the summer and i like i think noah like sent me the pro tool sessions and i was like working some of the time at a studio in philadelphia where we like finished mixing it and doing the mastering and we were sending things back and forth remotely to finalize that and then for 
the self-titled EP also like when we were recording that in 2019 you guys were doing some recording in Connecticut and I was like back in Philadelphia a lot of the time like listening and giving comments and then we would have to reconvene later on after that gotcha so we kind of had some experience I think as far as like right now also it is like also exciting because I do feel well I feel like each of the three cities like Thomas like grew up in Philadelphia and is very kind of invested in the Philly music scene Soledad and I both grew up in New York and like have had a lot of exposure there to the music scene um and Connecticut New Haven is like where we have been playing for the last few years so I feel like each of these places I'm excited about you know inhabiting a little bit or I don't know yeah I was just gonna add that I think for me like honestly this feels so much closer than we've been in the past year like just in the fact that there's more of an ability for us to like be together um but also like I mean for for a period of like three or four months we were in like three different countries so I'll take like three cities in the northeast (laughs) that are in driving distance like that is totally manageable for me gotcha I also think personally Wait, to that New Haven? Because I guess I'm the representative for that, but it's strange because <laughs> I have not been born and raised there. Right. But I've just, like, this question of not being together has been, or, like, where home base is, has been a constant for me personally, just because I am moving a lot around personally. Even when we were talking over Zoom, I was in, like, different states all the time in Brazil. But... I've always like wondered what it meant to be in a band throughout all that time, even though we're not together and I wasn't seeing any of the people and or making music actively. But I think out of all these places, New Haven does feel like a home base to me more than any of these other places. Just because I spent so much time there. I spent so many summers there. I spent the pandemic there for a while. And I don't know. It like it still feels somehow that it's home base, even though. Yeah. I'm right now going up and down the Metro North at the time and we are not going to be together there maybe too soon. But it's also like the place where we formed as a band and like have played, I would say 90% of our shows and like where I feel like we have like more of a, or had still have maybe like more of a following or like more of a sense of being part of something. So yeah, I agree with you, Maria. And I was never exposed to like local music back home in Brazil. And New Haven is the first time that that like tier of music was ever in my mind. Yeah, honestly. Gotcha. So that's interesting to me. Gotcha. So Maria, whenever you're saying that New Haven is kind of like the, the spiritual home of, of Sargasso, you're not just saying that just because you know that Connecticut is the correct answer for this particular podcast, right? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, you all met uh, in New Haven. Is that correct? Yeah. That was for school. Yeah. So, wh- so whereabouts were you from before you you kind of met up and do you feel like I, I guess what I'm what I'm ultimately trying to get at is a lot of bands that I see like they develop and it's usually because they're like long-term friends that they grew up together and it's like well this is the only other person I know that plays bass so I'm going to play with them and I think that there's something really cool about people that don't have that background that all kind of meet under special circumstances like school you know um, and then create something that stays and that lasts so that's kind of where I'm going in, in this questioning here. Um, so where were y'all from before you converged on New Haven? I think the closest we have to the first instance you described is no one in Soledad because they yeah. knew each other. Soledad but- and I went to high school together in New York and then okay. we went to college together. So we were like 
the first that was like one half but we weren't really that close in high school and we got a lot closer when we went to college and we only start I think we really started playing music like we both played music together in New York but it was always like kind of parallel never like fully together yeah Yeah, and it was like I mean it was also yeah just in sort of different ways and I think the first time we played together in New York was like right after high school graduation Noah invited me to open for his band kind of because we had become closer because it seemed like we were both (laughs) going to Yale and then from then on we were like okay we both play music like how can we do that in this new space yeah yeah that's it I mean, whenever, whenever Soledad mentioned your band, Noah, you looked away and kind of laughed. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I loved my high school band. It was definitely like that was like a full era of my life. And we had to break up because um, we were all going away for college. But right, yeah, the right. people I was in band with in high school are still like some of my closest friends. And I still play cool. music with them sometimes. And they've, I think, yeah, they've all played with us as well in like the last few years. Like they've opened open for yeah they both been played, open for us, yeah. yeah henry open for us. yeah so yeah. they're still kind of tangentially involved and big sargasso supporters and and um and they listen to it and the album they and listen to the notes. album and you they still give got your band camp album up you're not trying to plug it oh yeah plug granted we're called granted we're huge in copenhagen where was it Whoa. oh yes <laughs> a random no, we just heard yeah. once or no it was i don't even remember anyway um yeah but then you guys want to talk about your things? Thomas did a lot of music. You mean high school? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I grew up in Pennsylvania, um, Wynwood, which is um, adjacent to Philadelphia, and was playing drums in middle school and high school. Uh, I played in this kind of whack punk <laughs> slash prog metal <laughs> band <laughs> when I was in uh, like middle school and high school and some of my friends from that band have also um, checked out Sargasso I haven't played anything with them in a long time but I'm still in touch and talking to them uh, pretty often and um, I was playing in that kind of DIY band but we didn't really record much or even play that many shows we mostly just practiced <laughs> and sometimes played shows and then I was doing jazz drum set also. I was playing drums and vibraphone and other percussion instruments in like jazz classes, like at my high school and at the Kimmel Center in Philadelphia, uh, which is where the Philadelphia Orchestra plays. And I was sometimes doing like the high school band or orchestra, like band geek kind of thing. I was doing that for a little while, um, but was more so doing jazz and then when I got to college wanted to keep playing drums and play with other people who were like making their own music like original music Um, and I played some jazz but uh, Yale doesn't really support jazz that much and there's not really much happening there Um, there's not that many DIY musicians there either compared to some other schools but thankfully I was able to um, find Noah, Maria, and Soledad, uh, by the time I was a sophomore there in college uh, was when I started playing with them. So the, so the punk and prog metal sounds and Sargasso come from you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh gosh. I was playing guitar in that band, actually. Yeah, we, we were very, very ambitious. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I play anything that sounds like that um, so much anymore. But once in a while, I, I, I come back to 
the bands we were listening to like at that time. And uh, I, I take some influence from them, but I take more influence from when I was playing jazz and like improvising. Like if I sit down at the piano or keyboard now and improvise something, it probably sounds something like what I was playing in jazz classes in high school um, gotcha. most of the time. Yeah. I, wait, what's the question? <laughs> the question About, was how we formed. <laughs> I grew up like what, what no, music was, you did before yes, coming to this band. Like, no, it, yeah, it was just, yeah, just kind of like, how did you kind of converge and come together? And where did okay, you okay. Like the, well, the origin story. Okay, I'm going to give them a little bit of background, then we can go on to like Carmat. Yeah. Um, I, well, I, okay, I'm the bassist. So how did I start <laughs> playing bass? In, in school, I, I didn't play bass. I played guitar and drums and piano. And then I had, I was the only one in my grade who did music, like for, as a class. So I had access to all the music things. And then all my friends used to like ask me for the queen of the music house. <laughs> and so they would go there with me and we played together. And then bass was left over. I think that's the story for mm. so many bases. <laughs> Anyways, but then I play bass um, for like the last years of high school with these friends who are just boys who like to play like Foo Fighters and stuff. And, and like Rage Against the Machine. And so I played a lot of that. And at some point I wanted to we like- played Foo Fighters in my band. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know. Same, same. <laughs> <laughs> and so at some point I, I wanted to learn how to like play bass properly. And because I graduated December, because brazil is southern hemisphere i i took those six months to take bass classes and learn bass and then when i got as soon as i got to college i wanted to have a, a like place where i could play it more and yeah. i guess i was looking around for like people playing music together in general i wasn't thinking of a band but i think noah was actively thinking of starting a band I'm yeah. actually pretty sure of that. <laughs> and so we were doing radio together and I knew of Granted, which is a high school band. I I actually saw Bandcamp, the, the Bandcamp album, and I knew that you had a band. Long time fan. <laughs> Long time fan. And we were doing radio together and he mentioned, what did you say? Like you mentioned something about bands forming maybe. And then I mentioned something about bass playing. I don't know. We met through radio. WIBC. Yeah. And yeah. Noah was doing a solo project. Yeah. yeah. I saw you were talking to Hero the other uh, um, yeah. week. Yeah. She was also super involved in the moon that Noah and I and her were part of. Yeah. Yeah. So spree hero. Anyway, so the origin story is basically I was desperate to form a band, like sing, <laughs> you know, one track mind. As soon as first... you started college. Like, yeah. Like beginning. for the first like year of college, I was just like running around talking to as many people. Like I was just, that was the only thing. I cared about and Soledad was like, you know, right there with me because we already knew each other. Play, we were like already recording together some of Soledad's songs um, and some of my songs. Then I found Maria and I was like, okay, here's this really cool Brazilian you girl. We met, I should say, we met and um, she was super cool and she played bass and drums and I was and everything else yeah well no after I got a message from Noah that was like Soledad you're never gonna believe this like <laughs> I met this girl today she plays drums bass guitar she's perfect I was like how did you find this person <laughs> <In the dumpster. laughs> and then and then we were there was like a lot of iterations whatever I'll fast forward basically what? I met it doesn't matter and then I met Thomas 
I would, we were, we needed a drummer and I heard about Thomas from mutual friends and we had one very fateful lunch together that Thomas remembers, I think almost every single word that was spoken somehow. Like he just like, sometimes he'll just like make a joke. He'll like say something and I'll be like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, we talked about that. Like at that one lunch, like four years ago. ago, I told, I told no, I was like, remember I told you I went to that Fleet Foxes concert with Animal <laughs> Collective one time and Noah was like when did you tell me about the Animal Collective and Fleet Foxes concert and I was like that time that we got dinner when we first <laughs> met and it was three years it was four years, four years ago. <laughs> anyway and then that was our sophomore year and we started playing together and that was that was how it all began before Noah invited me to dinner he sent me a message over Facebook messenger before we had ever spoken and said he needed a drummer for a new band playing indie music like Radiohead, comma, Deer Hunter, etc. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are, oh, yeah. four years later. Do you remember where that lunch was? Like, was that a specific restaurant? It was in the Silliman College Dining Hall. Yeah. <laughs> I think we were we were forbidden from eating anywhere else at that point. Or I guess we could have, but we already paid for it. Anyway. Um, so you all came to new haven for school did you all come from music like was that your majors only thomas no i okay. i wasn't planning to do music when I came oh not planning but, but, you did, but you did do yeah it. i when i was coming to college i was thinking about doing like physics and math or something but <laughs> i fell away from that pretty quickly after i tried the classes and didn't really felt like i fit in with the people um but no i, I wasn't trying to like pursue like music as a major or like yeah in my classes yeah okay. so uh merriam webster's definition of uh sargasso is uh see sargassum so i checked that out uh the definition for <laughs> sargassum is a genus of brown macroalgae in the order fucales i don't know if that's how you pronounce it numerous species are distributed through the temperate and tropical oceans <clears throat> of the world where they generally inhabit shallow water and coral reefs and the genus is widely known for its planktonic species why did you feel that this word embodied your band sound didn't this, we consider sargassum? No, this like, is yeah. literally perfect. This has to do with the ordinary sargassum. Yeah, yeah, this has, yeah this basically, we were thinking of band names, and I had recently studied abroad, and I was studying marine biology, and I had to learn all of these, um, like, plant Latin names. So I started just texting Latin names to the group chat, and but I also- had- we were in a hurry because we recorded <laughs> an EP and we were like, we have oh, to release yeah. it. And then we're like, oh shit, we need a name. <laughs> yeah. I remember I was in the library, like remembering all these Latin names and just texting like, <laughs> like diadema antelarum, like all these <laughs> random things. And then I texted Sargossum and they were like, hmm. And then, then we sort of changed it to Sargasso. Um, but that, so it came from the algae. Miriam Webster was right. But then things started to like, yeah makes sense afterwards yeah like in the past since we named ourselves sargasso we've just like we've i think grown into the name yeah, like gotcha. um we often talk about the sargasso sea is a sea that's in the middle of the ocean that has no land boundaries it's only formed by like four ocean currents on the borders which is uh you know metaphor for our band <laughs> and Ooh. um because i think our biggest uh you know, priorities or like, um, I don't know what the right word is, but something we care about a lot is like collaboration and being a, a highly democratic and like, um, you know, distributed 
uh, group in terms of like what everyone's role is and like what everyone feels entitled to kind of talk about and, and have opinions about. Um, and we do everything collectively, probably to a fault. Um, and and we have no land bounds. And we have no land boundaries, just like the sea. Yeah. Um, and yeah, also, I just think I love that name. Sargo- Sorry, that sounds really obnoxious, but <laughs> it doesn't. I feel like I often have we all we often have a hard time giving our giving titles to things. But that one, I really think we that that I feel like our music is very kind of like, I don't know, fluid and and kind of watery and, you know, um, kind of like, I don't know, we, we, we say it's music like the sea when we're asked to describe it. So, gotcha. um, yeah. So it was good. That I, I prefer that we didn't think of all of this before because mm. that is a little obnoxious, but then it just happened <laughs> yeah. to work out later. And also, okay, one priority for me was having a name that sounded good in Portuguese so I can like speak mm. about it with my family without <laughs> sounding weird. So, and then turned out Sargasso has Portuguese origin, right? Mm. Remember? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> it's so interesting because you know th- this idea of like liminal spaces keeps coming up the sargasso sea is doesn't have like uh you know like land boundaries it doesn't have like a wall separating it it's something that is kind of defined by what's around it rather than what contains mm. it i guess i don't know if that makes sense uh, Hell yeah. gonna, uh <laughs> um so do you know jam eater records yeah so great <laughs> the reason why i asked is because they are from new jersey and uh when I was first meeting uh, meeting them, um, they said that their favorite band from Connecticut was Sargasso. And, yeah, I know. And mm-hmm. I think I may have tried to tag you in on that because it was a conversation on Twitter. But I, as I told you like two weeks ago, I've been tagging the wrong Sargasso for like a year and a half now. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw. It's okay. Yeah, I think it's like, I think they are at Sargasso and it's like some kind of like, uh, non-profit or something. Oh, oh all right. Okay. Well, <laughs> could have been worse. I think, yeah, I think they're based in like that. Oh, <laughs> fantastic. But, yeah, but like their, um, their uh, like profile pic is just like kind of like a green flattened out like globe. And I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense that like Sargasso, the band would have that as like a profile pic. Like, you know, it's kind of a cool thing. That's actually um, a pretty good idea. Did they ever <laughs> respond to any of your tweets? Do you know if they saw them? No, they didn't. And so I was just like, okay, well maybe Sargasso's busy. They don't have time for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not busy. <laughs> we're not. Yeah. And, and so, yeah. So then uh, two weeks ago, I realized like, I was like, I'm going to click on, you know, this, their account to see like, you know, if they've posted anything recently. And that's when I realized like, oh, they're not talking about these international DDs, like <laughs> the band. That's actually my side account. But I I brought that up because I wanted to, because I I believe in passing on compliments, uh, but also to solidify the Connecticutness of the band uh, because because of that. But also to transition into a slightly different conversation, um, you're based in New Haven and you mentioned, I I think it may have been, may have been Thomas uh, mentioned that uh, there's not a ton of DIY musicians at, at Yale, right? So one of the kind of interesting things that I've seen is that like, there's a weird kind of boundary, it seems like. It's like an unspoken boundary between like Yale bands and New Haven bands. It's one of those things that I talked about with Hero Magnus on, on our episode. Do y'all ever get a sense of that? Do you feel that? Or, or is that something that just doesn't really register? Or am I, am I, is it all in my head? Um, I, I think there's, I mean, it's, it's worth considering like the difference between 
what it means to like be a student living at Yale and living in New Haven and like someone who grew up in New Haven and has lived there for a long time or has lived in a different part of the city that's not just like filled with college kids. Um, like those people definitely have different experiences. Sure. For us, it hasn't really come up in terms of bands. Like we've played several shows in New Haven, but mm, I don't know if any of the bands we've played with would consider themselves like a New Haven band that's not right. like people from Yale. We played one show with this band, uh, Dex Dreams, which has some people from University of New Haven uh, mm -hmm. a little bit across the way. Um, so they were from somewhere different than us, but I don't know if they consider themselves a New Haven band or if they were um, from New Haven originally. Most of the people we've played with have been either transplants in New Haven who are college students or um, just people who aren't from New Haven at all. Right. We were also before the pandemic thinking we had a show coming up at Never Get to Be Cool too, and we're really excited right, about yeah, that because yeah, yeah. that was a venue that Thomas had gone yeah, really into. Yeah, I, I, I did get to see. <laughs> I, know. I know I got to see there um, uh, a show with um, the band Sharice and Palberta, um, which was really really cool. And we had been in touch with the people running the space for a while, and they had offered us a couple dates that had not worked out. So we were really sad that we didn't get to yeah, work it out. I think in general, I feel like there's definitely a, a massive divide that's like just you know another instantiation of the uh, I didn't say that word right of the um divide between Yale and New Haven in general um and kind of comes along with all the same problems that that one does um but I would say in general like the one of the really sad things about the pandemic one of the many sad things for us as a band was like I felt like we were right on the verge of like starting to like play a lot more shows that were like off campus and in places where like nobody yeah. from campus would have gone yeah. and like starting to get to know the scene a little bit more. The New Haven Arts Council wrote something about us at one yeah, point. Yeah, we were really like, we're going to play a show at University of New Haven and like uh, we were just super excited yeah, about yeah. that. Um, and then all those shows got canceled like yeah. right yeah. before we were about to play them like that spring of 2020. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really, that was like one of the big losses for me as I felt like we had this like slate of shows lined up that were super exciting and super different from like most of the like on campus or tangential to campus places we'd played before. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the line definitely exists. It's not in your head. Yeah. I do have to say though, I think one thing that I'm thankful for is like when we were starting the moon, the person who started it was really into trying to get local bands too. And through that, I, I remember the first session I recorded there was with Glambat and I was like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. So then I became <laughs> like a huge fan. And then Maria and I put together a show and we invited Glambat's friend at the time, Maple Brown, to come play too. Um, and that, so it felt really good in those moments of intersection. And I agree with Noah, we had played like Stella Blues and Cafe Nine and we were really um getting into it oh, yeah that. yeah the so, cafe nine show that was with was that was that with the mares or was that with somebody else no it was with uh with noah right we, we play played with, with dex dreams and emil beckford oh okay all right i'm totally wrong then um <laughs> but yeah it's like it never get to be cool that would have been an awesome show because i feel like that would be such a great fit for that venue uh rest in peace and uh the cats is uh joe and dan i know you're listening um y'all want to see the <laughs> venue lies um, again um, so, uh, yeah, but the reason why I brought this up is because I feel like it's not, I think maybe, maybe no, I think maybe you mentioned kind of like this weird kind of relationship that, that Yale and New Haven has. And I, I think we all know that it's, it can be, it's a really weird relationship that the, 
college and and the city had with one. But beyond that, I feel like a lot of the the bands, like I think Window Seat is like another band that I think of that like, I feel like the rest of Connecticut, if those bands that are in Willimantic or in Hartford or whatever, if they knew about, you know, Window Seat or Sargasso would be like totally amped and pumped, but it's just not, they just don't see that as like, they're just not aware of it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's just kind of a weird, weird thing. Yeah. I think yep. it's a bit of well, like just the time you're forming a band and then like coming to college and getting acquainted to the city. Like as Noah was saying, by the time we're like on the verge of really maybe breaking in, not breaking, that's a weird Yeah. <laughs> Would have no, definitely loved to play some yeah. other locations in Connecticut outside of New Haven. Like we did one show in Middletown, but that was mostly Wesleyan students who were there watching. Would have loved to go play in Hartford or Willimantic, but did not get the chance to before yeah. the pandemic. And I think given one more year, we might have. Yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah. And now things are so different. You know, like the whole landscape has changed after the pandemic. Right. Now, apparently, like Willimantic is a hot spot for music, which it really wasn't yeah, like, yeah. before the pandemic. But it also was like five years before that, you know, so it's, it's always changing. You never know. Yeah. One thing we grew during the pandemic was we've been chatting with local bands a lot more through like our social media. Oh, during pandemic. Yeah. yeah which was, has been nice. Gotcha. Um, I do want to issue an apology. Uh, we were talking about Hero Magnus on uh, her podcast episode. I called your song Special Compartments. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sorry about that. I like um, that. didn't you release like a demo version or an alternate version (laughs) yeah we released an ep of alternate versions one of them was the original demo that i'd made by myself another one was i think like one of the first times we played it as a band like a voice memo and the third one was just no we didn't release a voice memo no it was rainbow we have the the rainbow road remix yeah the the, sergeant squiggles remix. oh the sergeant squiggles (laughs) remix yeah so the rainbow road remix was just the song sped up like two or three times and it sounded (laughs) it sounds really good it sounds much better than the original honestly (laughs) yeah the first time we heard it i just sent it to the group being like guys and then it was secret compartment better version (laughs) (laughs) like it just sounds when when we found that like for most of our songs if you put them at two times speed like they just sound better you can't hear any of the mistakes you can't hear by so fast (laughs) Um, and then the Sergeant Squiggles remix was a remix that I think mostly Thomas made, like in, we were in like basement. my basement, like <laughs> made one, it in like one in hour like an hour. <laughs> and but so, Sergeant yeah. Squiggles has been up to some things in the last few months. Might make yeah. we have another appearance. This is a weird connection and yeah. like network where of, it comes from. Yeah, where it comes yeah. from. Yeah, so Sergeant Squiggles comes from. I have these amazing pink squiggle earrings that I bought at odds and ends from the New Haven designers Choo Choo um, and Thomas used to call me Sergeant Squiggles and that's where the remix came from and then they're great earrings they're great earrings and we love all of Choo Choo's work so we got in contact with them and they designed our cover art for smoothie sipping um, the last single we released and right, also did right. this amazing video so that was so exciting to get to work with them yeah, Choo Choo strong yeah. sponsor of Sergeant Squiggles and Sargasso alike <laughs> Yeah, but Chris I thought that that selection. Oh, sorry, I was gonna say Chris has been on the episode. Oh, oh wow. yeah. Well, Chris also then uh, Luke Ellingson kind of connected us and helped that happen. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that you bring up the those secret compartment selections because I actually really enjoy that release that we had, even though it's like it's basically silly and was kind of a joke. But I think. That makes me like doing releases like that makes me think about like whether you have to have an 
ego to like release music mm. online and like post it to your page and be like this is me and this is mine and like yeah. promote it and like say you guys should all listen to this um because we have definitely got caught up in like um perfectionism and trying to do our best possible work when we're spending a long time on something like the sargasso ep or like the album we've been working on right now um and have definitely been weighed down by feelings of like if we're gonna really like commit to this and make this like our project like it needs to be so good whereas like that weekend like i don't know why we decided to make that it was valentine's day yeah (laughs) we didn't have any yeah there wasn't like a strong urge to release these and show people like this is something new we've been working on or like this is really interesting you guys should check it out we kind of just like had it in our back pocket and just decided like why not just share it like we don't care if it's that good or not or if it's like going to like change people's perspective on like our musical abilities or like what is our musical like thesis or something Mm -hmm. like it was very casual and I thought pretty satisfying in that um we don't have to feel pressure to stand by like all of the creative decisions in that release which were very few (laughs) (laughs) so the so the next time you you remix that song you'll you'll call it special compartments and then that anybody is listening to this podcast and when they get to the hero magnus episode they'll be like oh yeah he's talking about that remix oh yeah yeah we're building the mythology (laughs) yes yeah wait that would be really interesting actually to like come up with a title of a song and then go do a promotion cycle for it but you haven't actually made it yet and then like all these blogs like write about it and there's like a podcast and like interviews about it and then you release the song after you've all listened to that stuff yes and that's it's, when it's part of the same universe the, the yeah. ct verse <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was gonna say that's such a cool idea if like if i like so you do have an album that is very very good that you have let me listen to but let's say that you didn't and let's say that i just <laughs> i was just making up things that i heard like, <laughs> oh what about that one electronic track that you did that was at 160 beats per minute that was such a great song <laughs> and then you release that and that you know you that episode, then you have to fact. go back and write it that would be interesting it's like the thing we we're talking about the car where you were talking about that program where the person is telling a story and then there's a guy doing sound effects and then, the guy, yeah. <laughs> and then the guy's doing sound effects but then thomas said that at some points the guy telling the story would just like start saying weird shit so the guy doing effects would like be challenged, challenged. Yeah. <laughs> like right. and then a pumpkin was flushed down the toilet yeah. <laughs> like, so yeah maria you almost did that sound effect <laughs> you were i've been practicing you can just like splice it and find the best sound effect for a pumpkin flushing down the toilet you can <laughs> thank you so you were mentioning uh, that some of your songs you feel like sound better at two times speed. Is that how uh, Bionis, uh, or <laughs> that song? Uh, in a way. In that a way. Fast. That song it's is really, really fast. fast. I actually think we recorded we, it. We thought about way faster. I think we no. I think that yeah. I think that we didn't. So we recorded Bionis and Sacred Plums with Noah Silvestri in New Haven in like two days, right? Something like crazy like that, like super fast. And like a short period, like a short period of time. Yeah. <laughs> and a short period of time was not the reason that we played our instruments. So yeah. fast, <laughs> and I, I think we felt that time pressure. It was also like right when things were starting to get bad with COVID and like, yes, it was just like a time of a lot of uncertainty, but we'd like 
booked this time with Noah Silvestri and we were like all super excited about it and we needed to get those songs out. So um, yeah, there were like certain things about that process that I think if we'd had more time, we probably would have like yeah, thought we, we harder hadn't, about. Like, we hadn't played the songs very much or yeah. really like gotten used to them. So we kind of got into the studio and just like started recording right away. Yeah. And we didn't like think that much about what the tempo And was, with the Temple of Bionis, I think like, I don't even remember how it happened, but that was like a decision that was made quite quickly, I think without yeah. a lot of forethought. And it's very fast. Like when we play that song now, I don't think we play it that fast. Like, So, um, and I remember Tom was recording some shakers things where Tom oh, was just like, right. oh! <laughs> <laughs> like he, he looked two times speed. Yeah. yeah. As he was doing it. <laughs> Noah was like, how did you do that? And it was so best. Yeah. He was like in the booth. He literally came out of the room and was like, Thomas. <laughs> Are you okay? That's yeah. why they call me one take Drake. <laughs> but in general, I was really worried about that song because the percussion, I wanted to like seem really reminiscent of Brazilian like samba percussion, but not samba like the way English and English people talk about samba, right. but samba like samba school. So like 300 people playing like many instruments. And so I was very worried about like making it big enough or like, yeah, I don't know. We chaotic. ended up like banging on pots and pans in that song. Yeah. Like there's so <laughs> much percussion happening in the background. So I think I'm glad that it, it was like short period of time because if we were... If we, if we were being as, like, perfectionist Ben to do that song, it would have never, ever been released because it's <laughs> yeah. so much happening. <laughs> and I so, will yeah. say that I think before before you let me hear some of the songs off the new record, that was probably, that's probably my favorite Sargasso song that's been released so far. Like, I, I love that song. Um, all right, so let's talk a little bit about your upcoming album. Have you, have you, you haven't told me what it's called yet. Do you have a name for it? Yes, it's called... As It Surfaces to Meet Me, long title. Um, and that is taken from the lyrics of the second song on the album. Gotcha, which is that right? Yeah, Good Graces. Okay, that off memory. That's off, that's off. Um, it's so, uh, in your, your EP that you're talking about, you recorded that yourself, is that correct? Is that uh, the same? Which, oh, I'm sorry. The, both of them. We yeah, recorded. both of them we recorded ourselves. The second one was mixed by Noah Silvestri. Right. And so is are you recording yourself for this new yeah this new one we did i think everything ourselves except except for mastering mastering. we were mastered by uh rebecca huston and she's in la i think and we played all the instruments except for there's one instrument played by someone who isn't in the band yeah but this was like yeah the banjo was played by um um by our friend nora brown um she's a old time banjo player and we brought her in to play a little banjo on in the dark but besides that we recorded everything ourselves we like engineered it we mixed it that was the process um and uh we did all the art and all of the well we did some of the all the cover art 
um, the cover art of the album was we did, but the cover art of the singles we got we collaborated with like outside artists. Um, yeah, we had we have. I mean, now it's out. We have four singles out in total. The fourth one is the album cover, but the three others we try to collaborate with different artists. So the first one we we had um, mm-hmm. Julia Chu, Master Chu Chu, do a video and cover art based on that video for us, which was really fun. And then the second one, as we mentioned, it was Chu Chu. <laughs> Similar names, Master Chu Chu, but Chu Chu. And then the third one, which is coming out soon, and you're going to be at time of recording. At time of recording of this podcast. Yeah. It's called Beach. And the cover for this is actually a ceramics piece done by Cecilia Beige, Cecilia Beige, who's a ceramics artist based in New York. But that's also like, those three have extremely different vibes and like media and we really enjoyed bringing outside people in which is something we enjoy doing yeah a lot yeah but you said that you're also very diy right like record yourselves and you just mentioned that you mixed yourselves and even like before now um maria and soledad would do the album art usually right yes yeah and we've actually we did this album artwork too so we love being creative and visual too and it but it's been great on this project to bring in other people too and have a mix of those but musically it was this album especially we did like it was fully us from start to finish um which was i think like it probably would have gone faster if we'd you know gotten someone else to mix it or been able to use a studio that wasn't ours or equipment that wasn't ours or stuff like that but i feel like at least i like learned so much just Take, doing it super carefully like from the point of like conception of writing the songs and that was like a weird silver lining of the pandemic too was like we had so much time just to focus on recording in a way that we'd never had before and I think we didn't feel as much pressure to make these songs like capable of being like played live by only four people yeah. so as you probably heard like a lot of them have like very complicated arrangements like hundred like there's a couple songs that have like more than a hundred tracks there are yeah yeah we passed a hundred we passed a hundred on a couple of the songs (laughs) like just crazy stuff but also really fun in a different way to be able to kind of lean into a totally different kind of way of making music and be able to just like learn from the ground up how to do that ourselves we did interface for some help though uh we sent mixes like in the uh nearly end stages of mixing to uh noah from luke ellingson who gave us some feedback about them and also ellie and lily from jam eater records too yeah the best jam eater and and luke ellingson they're the best um so (laughs) noah you were mentioning uh that you mixed it yourselves as well and whenever you said that i saw maria shake her head and i saw (laughs) soledad laugh so so what's what's the scoop on that the scoop is mixing. The scoop is that you deserve credit for doing the mixing. <laughs> the scoop is I really did, I did most that. of the mixing myself when um, we were not all together over the course of the past year. And um, because the songs were so complicated and I wasn't a super experienced mixer, it took a really long time and a lot of, you know, processes of like giving feedback making decisions, trying to make decisions as a group remotely, which was super hard. Sessions we did together, like two or three of us at a time, whenever we could. 
like sharing Zoom screens. Sharing Zoom screens. It like, actually worked better than I thought it. Yeah, it, it yeah. actually it like was, it was very. Oh, what stressful. you thought was like. But what I thought it was, was, was going to be, yeah. Yeah. Really. yeah, yeah. I thought it was impossible. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was, was possible. really. This was this was the first time we ever did that. Like yeah. literally listening to the songs like in the computer, like and soloing certain instruments and turning plugins on and off doing that over zoom this is the first time we ever but did generally that. i think the zoom part was just one obstacle because mixing as a group quote unquote because it's mostly noah it's just not that great of an idea okay and i will not <laughs> yeah go we might i think we learned a lot about uh the best and the worst ways to go about taking on a project as big as this one was even though it's only like 30 minutes of music in the end like we recorded more music first of all and second of all yeah um and like through the mixing process decided what to keep and what to throw out not throw out but what to kind of shelf table um but also yeah i think that like um you know not to turn this into a band therapy session but um like we try super hard to do everything collaboratively like you know even the most minute of decisions and i think you know there was a downside to having the time to actually do that because it ended up just being kind of trying all of our patients, trying to like debate about the really, really fine points of mixing remotely. Um, and mixing is like, you know, in a certain sense, it can be collaborative, but it's so detail oriented that uh, it's only up to a point that it's really feasible to do that kind of thing collaboratively. So yeah, I definitely think all of us feel like if we had another shot at it, we'd probably go about the process differently, but you know, we will have another yeah. shot at it and we will go about the process differently. So <laughs> Yeah, I like that was really different from Sargasso EP. I remember us having a, an interview and talking about how that EP was really shaped by playing live. And this was the exact, exact opposite. Like it was extremely shaped by the mixing process. Yeah, most of these songs we've never played live. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's two live. that we have, played, yeah. but not much. Okay. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah, painful at times, but also <laughs> gives interesting results. So you'll need a hundred members on stage to do at least a couple of the songs. Yeah, mm. we're already contacting them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, you're talking about mixing being detail oriented, at least for me, like I don't have an ear for it. And so if one of my friends is like, I have a friend who, who does a lot of mixing and mastering and he'll send me like, what do you think sounds better? And I'm just like, dude, they sound exactly the same. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This was also, this is also a thing we learned of like, as a, as Noah said, we are very collaborative all the time, but then sometimes we would all have to give inputs where input was just not existent and we have to like accept yeah. each other. There have like, been moments where each of us have tapped out and you just, you just have to out yourself and say, I cannot tell the difference. <laughs> There's, or I don't care. Drop, drop the ego. Yeah. Either I can't tell the difference or I don't care. Like yeah. I need to signal that when necessary. Yeah. How does it feel to release the best music <laughs> that is really encouraging to hear you say that because you know not a lot of people have heard the album yet so yeah. and we haven't gotten a lot of feedback but i'm i'm like i i feel like where i'm at right now and maybe everyone can weigh in as well but um i feel like i'm i'm just transitioning from being like okay i'm so sick of these songs i'm so sick of like how yeah. how much we've had to listen to them and I need to give them space into being like, okay, now people are actually going to hear them. And that's super exciting. And like, it's impossible for me to imagine what they sound like with fresh ears. Cause I've heard them so many times over the yeah. last year, but I think that like um, getting a little bit of space from them over the last few weeks, I'm super excited to like get them out into the world and to hear what people who have never heard them before, like think of them. Gotcha. 
I feel like also each of us had a moment where we were listening to the masters where we were like, wow, like we're able to hear the songs in a different way. And I know that was like a really special moment for me, just like listening to them. I was like all by myself. There was like a thunderstorm outside. So it was a pretty intense (laughs) environment, but I could just hear like all the work that went into those songs, which is not negligible at all. Um, And I think for me, like Marie and I have been working a lot on the visuals and that's something that really comes into play kind of at the stage. Um, And that's been really exciting for me. I'm really excited about all the visuals that are coming out and also potentially some merch that we'll have um, that ties in to the album and to sort of like an identity. So. And when we say that, do you mean like smoothie based identity? (laughs) (laughs) Not exactly. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I, I was just gonna say I could imagine like some great like collaborations with Choo Choo to do like smoothie based earrings or something like that. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh you said it, not us. <laughs> that I found really interesting about comparing I'm going to try not to talk about like uh sacred plums uh or or be honest right now because those were kind of like intermediaries between this album and your e I feel like there's a big change between those two sounds where you know you mentioned that one of them is kind of inspired by plain you know everyday life and then the other is you know the exact opposite from that um do you feel like whenever you're writing this material that it was a response to the teeny p or was it just kind of like, was it a deliberate, like, okay, we're going to try to like add in lots of layers and things like that. Or was it just kind of, that's just how it worked. No, it was definitely not deliberate. I think it's similar to what I said before of just like an outcome of the circumstances that they were recorded in, not in, not exactly like the space, but as I said, the previous EP was just a moment when we were playing together a lot and that just informed how these songs came out. And I remember Luke Ellingson in your podcast talking about how we like to use our instruments really efficiently and I think that's very true and that comes off a lot in that EP which he mixed (laughs) but also just because we try to be efficient on stage because it's just a part of us but then for this one we I don't think efficiency is coming across (laughs) at all (laughs) yeah I mean we we still we're still us some of the songs don't have that many tracks there are some that are like for sure but it's not not it's not that present and I think we did not it was not deliberate we were not trying to enter to anything but we were just trying to make the best of the tools you know because Mm -hmm. if we just are crying over not playing together this would have been (laughs) just a horribly painful process but then (laughs) I'm sure whatever comes up next, now that we are together, is going to be also very different. Even us yeah. getting together now and trying to play some of the songs from the album, yeah, we are realizing how we might want to change some, maybe not include some, or like how they feel when we're yeah. all together in yeah. the same room. It's 
it's interesting. Yeah. Another I, I thing that comes up is that because we generally have written the lyrics separately, like probably one person has taken the lead on the lyrics for, I think, all of the songs that are on here. Um, they were all written at different times. Um, some like one year ago or more. Um, the song Gloria, we actually like, we played that at a concert that was in December 2019. Um, and we played some others during that same winter. Uh, but then some like, we were still in the middle of writing or finalizing like during summer 2020, like while we were recording, we were still changing some of the lyrics or maybe adding or taking out. So knowing the background of the songs, like I can't say that they're a response to any one thing because they all like had different points of origin. I was going to give a quick disclaimer too, which is also like, I think this album initially was just us getting together to record demos of songs that we'd been playing for posterity because we just like weren't sure like me and Thomas were graduating Noah still had another semester Maria had some more time like everything in the world we just didn't really know what was happening and we're like we've been playing all these songs and we want to be able to listen to them and that's what it started as and then kind of we were like hey maybe let's do this for real and it kind of like spiraled and added on itself so I think yeah very much a product of circumstances yeah a lot of my my 2019 spotify no 2020 spotify thing yeah our songs were the top songs but i didn't used to listen to our songs too much but during the pandemic i would listen to them a lot so i could play along to them because yeah. i just missed like the muscle memory of playing songs and i think that's where this came from as well where like a bunch of songs i realized like oh my god if i'm not playing them i will never listen to them again <laughs> so we were like we, we should we should record them but generally, yeah, it's weird that so many songs I love, but the only time I get to listen to them is when we're together actually performing them. Yeah, I like that. And I I mentioned this, I think, on the LitVar episode of the podcast where like, I don't know, I, I, it doesn't matter who it was, but the idea that people will listen to their own music, I think is so cool because I feel like a lot of people will try to minimize that and they say like oh I don't really listen to the stuff that I record but it's like well why are you making it then like isn't that what we're here for is to like make music that we love and and so it's really cool to hear that that you still enjoy the music that you're making and 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 playing it and enjoying it and it's not just kind of like like oh yeah I guess I made that thing it's whatever (laughs) definitely not that (laughs) that's really different for these new songs because that's what I'm saying like for old songs I never listened to them except Uh when we played for for this yeah. these ones we listen like every week thousands of times to get <laughs> feedback. So maybe I'm at this point where I'm like, oh, gotcha. never listen, but <laughs> it'll come back. Yeah. So very pedestrian question. Um, how how do you what determines who's singing on what track? Because that that changes from. Yeah, and this is our most like on this new album. Every single one of us takes lead on at least one song. Um, and there's one song that Maria and I share lead, which we've never done before. Basically, it's determined by whoever wrote the original version of the song. So usually the way our process works is someone, one of the four of us will bring in a song that's like some process of being fully formed, kind of musically and lyrically, and that person will sing lead. So um, it's, it's actually simpler than, than, you know, it probably sounds like it is. But yeah, 
That's the short answer. But then we also have to distribute the different voice parts in. Yeah. Then we also do a lot of like backup vocals. And there's like one song on this new album where I wrote two choruses and we couldn't decide which one to put in. So we did one chorus the first time. And I just, it's not a chorus at that point, but like one, the first chorus sounds one way and I'm singing it. And the second chorus. That's in the dark. In the dark. Yeah. Sorry. I forgot that everybody has heard these songs when this will come out. Everybody, (laughs) every single person. In the Dark has um, Maria and Soledad singing the second chorus and me singing the first chorus, and they sound totally different. to have a song that was like one person writing it and has the lyrics and chords and then brings it to the band and then they tell the band i want you this other person to sing we've yet to do that although i am interested and possibly in the future like yeah like like the songs that we've done in the past like i think we could be open to like performing one of our past songs but we just like have a different person sing it who isn't (laughs) usually the one who sings it that would be really cool yeah I think we've been learning um, how how each person's voice like fits different needs through, through backing vocals more. So we've been doing that. Like sometimes now we'll know, oh, Soledad, can you do this part for backing vocals? Or I don't know, Soledad's voice cuts through a lot of backing vocals. And sometimes I have more tracks than Soledad <laughs> and we sound the same <laughs> in intensity. But uh, that's, that's kind of what happened for Gloria, where Noah was just like, can you sing 
once over it and then I sang once and we're like oh okay this makes sense but generally I don't think we're there yet for the full song but I think it's a lot about learning how how each person's voice will fit everything. Whenever one of you brings kind of the idea of the song to the rest of the band, like how, what is that process like? Is it just kind of like, hey, listen to this riff that I did or, you know, like. Usually someone plays like a l- kind of the whole song and then we like in loop mm-hmm. and we're just playing over it. Right? Yeah. yeah. The song, like as it's written and then comes to the band is usually one person playing guitar and singing. I mean, not always guitar. Sometimes it would be bass or synthesizer, but it's usually one person. It's like the way it's set up is it's possible to be played by just one person. Like there's a full guitar part for the whole song and singing the whole song, which I think, I mean, maybe it's not always that, but I think when it is that. I always bring demos. Oh, okay. With multiple instrument parts. Yeah. Yeah. But definitely like, I think for them, there are a couple of songs that have been more like, like Storm on the new album. Um, that was a song that started as a riff here, here, here. one time. Oh yeah, here we were just playing on a loop. Hillsdale. Yeah, yeah, we're upstate right now, but um, upstate New York. But um, yeah, that was a riff that started like when we were just jamming one time, and, and then I started adding vocals, and then you know it, it, that was a very organically and collaboratively produced song. But I think for the most part, like at least as songwriters, like all of us have kind of roots in singer-songwriter kind of processes of, of of songwriting like and what I mean by that is just like sitting down with one instrument and like writing a full song like that's usually how I write songs and definitely how Soledad usually write songs and I think probably Maria as well I don't know if you would say that but Maria usually has like lots of things going on in her head that she's trying to pin down but anyway um <laughs> like uh yeah so I feel like we try try to retain even with these like even on the new album like with all the layers of like of you know production that that's on top like I think most of these songs are at their core like you could sit down and play them with one instrument and they would sound like real full songs um there are a couple that aren't like that but I think for the most part we try to maintain you know that core uh, like aspect of the song so this reminds me of uh whenever you were talking about trying to find a band member who likes Radiohead, comma, Deer Hunter, comma, etc. Um, <laughs> this process, the process that you're talking about sounds a lot like Grizzly Bear, where they like all four of them are like really great songwriters in their own right. And they just bring kind of like these ideas and then workshop and it becomes something different. But at its core, you could take that and turn it back into a solo feature. Mm-hmm. We've wound up with a couple songs now that we can't really <laughs> reverse engineer into a live <laughs> performance like track six and track nine yeah this song d zero and then the song time boxes like still not quite sure how if at all or if ever architect those for a live performance (laughs) um but we'll keep you updated (laughs) so far what you've been doing is like with your artwork it seems very deliberate and the artwork for this album is based on these postcards could you tell me (laughs) it's just sort of thinking about distance thinking about travel thinking about being apart we did a lot of thinking about like souvenirs in each song um the memories maybe it brings up or they're all pretty different too so that was sort of um a framework we were using for a while um and yeah and that sort of shows up in the album art which is 
based off some postcards that I made for the band like oh. a year or two ago um, when I was abroad. Um, and we used those kind of in the album art. And as we did that, we're thinking about um, how you communicate across distance and across time. And I think that also kind of comes out in like the name of the album too, which we plucked from those lyrics, but just yeah, yeah thinking about those themes. All right, so we are moving into our final question. It is a very important question, and I'm sorry to drop this really tough one on you at the very, very end, but I thought we could do a quick quiz about uh, if you were a smoothie, what, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> if you were a smoothie, what kind of smoothie would you be in honor of sipping smoothies? So I uh, have a very academic, very scholarly BuzzFeed quiz. And what I want to do is I'm going to ask you these questions and I want you to decide on a band as a band, what answer you, and then we'll find decide out. As a band? That's how, long, how long, how long do you oh, have? Uh, I have, I have another hour and a half until oh, <laughs> okay. we're going to need every, every second. <laughs> so uh, choose a smoothie place. Uh, do you choose orange Julius? Tropical Smoothie Cafe, Surf City Squeeze, or Jamba Juice? <laughs> not Jamba Juice. Not not no, I don't. Not Tropical. Wait, where's Surf? I don't know. What are these all? These are all real, right? <laughs> I, I only so have I heard of two heard, of them. Yeah, I've never heard of Surf City Squeeze. There is one location of Tropical Smoothie Cafe in the entire state of Connecticut, and it is it is in New Haven. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I've I've been there. That I've one we there. know, but I don't know the okay. Surf. That's just like the Surf City. Yeah, I'm interested okay. in Surf City. Also, surf City which, which city is that? We're gonna pick it. Surf we're, we're doing this thing again where we're gonna pick it and then we're gonna go there. Okay. Oh, water. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So this one says choose a color. Uh, and I'm just going to describe the colors. To, no, actually, I'm going to show you the colors. The people that are on the pod, that are not on the podcast. Uh, are, <laughs> sorry, not on, on. So which of these colors would you? Wait, okay. Yeah. Is this going to be the color of the liquid? Or? Yeah, so that pick the pit, pink the, one. The top right. Yes. It's sort of a fuchsia. <laughs> yeah. We're the visual <laughs> representative. It's like a magenta, but a little bit more mellow than magenta. Yeah. Okay. So um, just to make it clear, uh, it doesn't say what color smoothie are you. Just choose. Right. So, right. I don't know if anybody just... would want to drink this charcoal yeah, grease. The like title is color. Yeah. The, the same color as one of the options. Subliminal messaging. Mm -hmm. All right. We're going with the fuchsia. Yeah. Okay. So that means that you are not jumping for the gray, the purple, or the uh, peach. In the smoothie? Yeah, peach. No, but it's just same choose a color. Right. Like, but it's, yeah. it's just it's choose one. Theme, just choose dude. one. Okay. Next okay. question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, choose a hobby. <laughs> Baking, <laughs> photography, dance, or video photography. Video games. <laughs> dance. No photography. Guys. I think baking. Dance not as a hobby. I don't know. Dance, I think it's a way of life. Photography. Okay. Photography. Yeah, photography. Yeah, yeah. Photography. Photography. It is. Uh, oh, this is another visual based one. So I'll have to describe this uh, to the people on the on that are listening. Choose a bedroom. Uh, so in the top, we <laughs> have uh, a looks like a queen size bed that's gray with a pink throw. Uh, in the top right, we have what appears to be like in an attic with a beautiful uh, sunbeam uh, on a very messy bed. The uh, bottom left, it looks like somebody has an iron on the rug of the floor. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that is a, maybe a kiss. It's got a great frame uh, with white yeah. and gray. Uh, and then we have the uh, bottom right, which is got a lot going on in it. It's got a big California king size bed. It's got that little thing at the very bottom of the bed that's like kind of small that michael scott sleeps on if you remember that episode <laughs> oh uh, 
uh, and it's got like a chair and like a arm walk. So, <laughs> which of those four? The attic. What's, cop, right? What's the, the name of the skylight? Skylight. skylight. Yeah, yeah, the one skylight. with the yeah. skylight, and this... also how the the roof is like slanted. Yeah, like, I yeah. think I'm gonna pick the skylight one, and people can see that, but it kind of looks like our cover art. Oh, oh maybe it's got some similar geometry. Yeah. 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 I like that it's asymmetrical. Whenever I think about your music, I feel like it's not quite symmetrical. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, wow. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, choose a fruit. Um, do you choose watermelon, blackberries, avocado, or blueberries? Avocado. avocado. Okay. okay. <laughs> Why? I would say avocado yeah. juice is also so good. Really? Okay. Yeah. So what I want avocado. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We'll I think Soledad came in and was like, I'm making an executive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All that stuff about democracy doesn't matter. <laughs> <I was laughs> on the line. Awesome. Uh, choose a veggie. Are we choosing carrots, celery, red peppers, or onion? Carrots. Carrots, celery. Carrots. Celery, I'm I'm pepper. definitely all in for carrots. I was I was hoping you'd say kale. Mm, yeah. Thomas yeah. wants carrots. We're going carrots. Yeah, we can do carrots. Okay. Who wants onion? Is this uh, yeah? Is in the smoothie or anyway. what's the bed? Are we drinking the smoothie in the, in the bedroom? <laughs> I wouldn't do that in the first. Okay. <laughs> Choose a breakfast item. So we have a bowl of oatmeal going in the blender too. <laughs> it's got uh, it's got blueberries in the oatmeal. Uh, we have cereal. It was, looks to be kind of like a special K with uh, with milk. Uh, we got pancakes, and these pancakes have blueberries and strawberries on them uh, with with syrup. And we have scrambled eggs, which have like a nice parsley garnish on reason. Mm, interesting. I cereal. just I just want to say that I will always be team cereal. Yeah. <laughs> and it's mentioned in the smoothie sipping song. I, in the last year, I've inspired the presence of cereal into two CT-based indie songs. What? Smoothie Sipping by Sargasso yeah. and Love Hurt by Emil Beckford. Because remember when we were writing that? Oh. And he has a line that says like, pour you a bowl of cereal like imagining like a loving relationship it well, was my idea to include the cereal anyways in <laughs> thomas is on a crusade to have cereal i featured. eat so much cereal that eventually every ct indie band is going to be writing about it yeah do you want to give a special shout out to the sargasso endorsed cereal of choice um i mean i we would have like, like a lot of different, different cereals options yeah i mean special kid is solid cocoa pebbles we ate a lot yeah. in our, when we were living mm-hmm. In New Haven last year in that house together. Thomas Cocoa introduced pebbles, me and yeah. got me in too many types, but chocolate yeah. ones are great grains from Aldi. That's also one I go to a lot. Mm. I'm I'm life always always gonna be life for me. Life, life. Yes. Oh, yeah. Cinnamon or original? Original, baby. You okay. can't go wrong <laughs> with the good. original. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Uh final question. Uh which is the best time for us? Is it <laughs> for breakfast after working out? At night, or anytime is good for anytime. Uh, anytime. <laughs> What's uh, what are the results? Yeah. So the results. All right. I don't know if you're ready for this. It doesn't give me a lot of description. So you might have to help me explain. You might have to help explain this to me. Why this was your uh, smoothie? Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> you are quote. You're hilarious and never like to take things too seriously. Exclamation mark. You are a mango orange smoothie. What orange mango? mango. Orange? Yeah, yeah, mango is like Mango's my favorite green. fruit. Yeah, mango is great. Oh, oh that, looks, that looks good. What's garnish on there? Coconut, maybe? Coconut. Coconut. Yeah. coconut. That looks very good. 
So, yeah. so why did y'all get this? You know, I don't you? know, actually, because I, like describing our band as hilarious and never taking yeah, things too seriously, oh I think is like not would not be the first thing I think I think of. But <laughs> I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. That's great. So we learned something about ourselves today. Then I'm glad BuzzFeed thinks we're approachable. It's giving us direction. <laughs> <laughs> all right, y'all. Thank you all so much for recording with me. And uh, I'm super excited to listen to your album as soon as I hang up on you. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you so much to Maria, Soledad, Thomas, and Noah for taking time out of their morning to talk with me. You can find their album, As It Services to Meet Me, on Bandcamp and Spotify and all the other usual places. But you can also find them on social media, too. They're probably most active on Instagram, and that's at Sargasso Music. There's no spaces in that. Don't make the same mistake that I did if you're trying to find them on Twitter and following that, uh, that international corporation. They'll be playing their first ever Philly show uh, on October 9th at The Pouch, and you can find more of their future gigs on their socials. You can find those links in the episode's show notes. And if you need anything from me, well, I will be sipping on a mango orange smoothie with a nice coconut garnish. You can find more Connecticut music at ctverses.com, including a giant event calendar full of upcoming gigs. Keep your eye on that as Sargasso teased new shows coming later this fall. We're going to play this episode out with uh, their new track. It's called Time. Thanks for listening. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye.
Wait, should we, should we talk about the bumper songs? Like, which one? What oh, What are you into? Oh, yeah. what are you? Oh yeah, what's your favorite song? Yeah. Wait. So so, are, am I still recording right now? Yeah, oh, sure. well, I, I, we don't, yeah. But, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm just so, curious. I mean, we talked about Bayanas a decent amount, like we could use that, but the new songs from the new album, yeah, like so, what do you, whatever you think. Yeah. For me, uh, the track number three, I think you, is it pronounced Beesh? Yeah. Yes! yes! Yeah, that song See? 